welcome to the Customer Support Leaders Podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. Today, we're listening to one of my favorite episodes from the archives. I would like to welcome to the podcast today, April Allen. April, it's lovely to have you join me for the first time. Um, we're here to talk about knowledge management in support this week. But first of all, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, thanks for having me, Charlotte. My name is April Allen and uh, I'm a specialist knowledge management consultant. I'm a certified uh, KCS trainer. KCS is knowledge-centred service for anyone who doesn't know about that. It's a bit of a secret weapon out there. Um, And I've got my own business called Knowledge Bird and I've had that for about 10 years. 10 years. Wow, that's a lot of time in knowledge management. So uh, I have great hopes for the next 10 minutes or so. Um, let, let's talk about knowledge management in support then. And, um, you know, I, I last time we spoke, I gently suggested that I might have entirely selfish motives in in some of the questions <laughs> I ask today, because uh, this is a journey I'm beginning in my, yeah. in my current organisation. Um, and, I, and I think that I think that there um, are lots of good reasons for wanting to take a more formal approach to knowledge, aren't there? And and I know what my reasons mm. are, but but I, I feel like um, just kind of getting that knowledge out of people's heads and into a central location is only the beginning of the story, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is the beginning of the story. There is, to get the the biggest bang for buck in terms of, you know, whatever expense, actual expense, but also the time we put into knowledge. Um, There's a a lot more activities that if we coordinate around properly, we can see a lot of benefits. And uh, so coordinating around how we capture and capturing um, in particular the customer's words that they use when they describe an issue so whenever we write knowledge articles in advance and like we all sort of anticipate frequently asked questions and what often happens is that those questions don't actually get asked or they get asked in a different way and so the customer is using different words to um, uh, search for and they don't find the answer that you've lovingly put a lot of time and effort into creating. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. the yeah. customer's words are really important, yeah, so so that's the first thing I tell people is capturing uh, the customer context um, at the time that they're describing the problem or taking it straight from the ticket they've submitted. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, so is it entirely for the customer then that we're, that we're embarking on this exercise, do you think? Because I feel like there are a lot of beneficiaries when it comes to having a really yeah. solid knowledge management process in place. Yeah, that's right. So it's not just for the customer. I mean, they're ultimately who we're writing for because if the customer can find it, then we can find it internally. So um, the best approach is to start internally and we capture the customer's words. Uh, We uh, write the resolution in in scannable bullet points. We don't need to write a, a perfectly, you know, drafted piece of prose. We need to be able to scan it quickly. Uh, and if we can find knowledge in the moment of solving a problem, um, at a certain point in time when we're more often um, finding uh, re- knowledge to reuse than creating new knowledge because it didn't exist before, that's a great time to turn on self-service. But in the meantime, what we have is this fantastic um, 
just-in-time training tool. And if we get new hires coming on, which, you know, in support we have new hires coming on a fair bit and often other geographies, like we're handing over to other geographies. So we've got this centralised knowledge base of consistent answers. Every time they get reused, um, the person using it in the moment is responsible for how accurate it is, so they're reviewing it at the time of reuse. And that means it's uh, reliable, trustworthy knowledge. I know that something's already being worked on, so it saves me from spending time um, reinventing the wheel on, on a solution because somebody's already written the, the knowledge article because I can see it straight away. So there's a lot of benefits, time-saving, just-in-time training. Um, people, New people into um, a support team can be confident and productive in their role a lot quicker when you've got a uh, centralised knowledge base that's um, owned by the team and maintained in that workflow. Mm -hmm. I love that idea of just-in-time training because I think particularly in smaller organisations, taking on a new hire has a really big impact on a small team, doesn't it? And and the amount Mm -hmm. of support that your team has to provide potentially to onboarding a new agent or engineer or whatever, it's a big drain on them as as a collective, as a group of people, just, just helping that person into the role, understanding obviously all the operational side, but then the thing that they actually yeah. have to support in the longer term as well. That that's quite a significant burden. And I think like anything you can do to make that training simpler and quicker is just yeah, it's, right. it's a massively worthwhile investment. Yeah, and that when somebody new starts, often we do uh, like a pairing sort of situation, like a buddy, someone else in the team. And they kind of become responsible as the go-to person for the new hire. And um, that is still a really valuable thing because that's the only way you can transmit sort of the cultural norms of the team and the organisation. So you do still need to have that sort of thing. But but the uh, the knowledge base um, really takes the, uh, the stress off somebody when they get something uh, that's new to them and... Um, you know, maybe some maybe there's a customer that's got a really urgent issue or there's a major incident and, you know, it's kind of stressful. And if you don't have that centralised um, go-to place for things that have come up before um, or uh, you might have a new issue but you find an answer that gives you a clue about what might solve that, um, there's the chance of burnout's really high. Like it's it's super mm. stressful when you, when you don't have any anything to look for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really like something that you touched on there, which is that it it empowers a new um, individual contributor. Uh, It it gives them uh, the ability to self-drive much much quicker, but also um, in a more impactful way for the team, but also like really personally – take their own onboarding in hand and and accelerate yeah, yeah. it much quicker than than relying on anyone else and I think actually maybe maybe that's a thing that's kind of lost in a lot of conversations in organizations around should we have a knowledge base I think mm. people think although we are framing things for the customer and in the customer language hopefully idealistically yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. but hope right but um but I think also we we just think of that as the as the goal 
Like we, we only yeah. ever think about, should we have a knowledge base to help our customers? Should we have a knowledge base so that we can deflect tickets? Should we have a knowledge base so our customers can self-serve more and be more successful? Yeah. However, however you frame it, most of yeah. that conversation about knowledge in its first instance is around the customer, isn't it? But it has a yeah. huge impact on the, on the uh, efficacy of your team. Yeah, that's right. And that's what attracted me to knowledge management as a specialisation was the benefit to the team because, you know, I've been that person under stress and it's, and I've ended up taking stewardship um, individually of the knowledge base and um, because I know what it feels like to be able to um, uh, find an answer in, in, in an urgent moment of need. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love being able to support support through uh, better knowledge flow and uh, that's always my goal even though the customer does end up benefiting down the line anyway <laughs> coincidentally <laughs> yeah yeah so so yeah. do you think that do you think that's the answer then that we should focus first internally yeah i think so and and the i think the most people say no to the or they're hesitant to start a knowledge base because they they think that it's going to cost a lot in resources of technical writing and all of that, but you don't need technical writers for support documentation. You know, support answers are very often timely, like um, they're created in the moment of need and then they're reused often within 30 days and then we may not see them again. But they may be one of those high-value um, knowledge-based articles that that solves um, the question for lots of agents and lots of customers over time. So why wouldn't we want to sort of invest, you know, mm-hmm. that extra 10, 20, 30 seconds in, in turning this response I gave this one customer into an article that can be reused by the rest of my team and me next time that same question comes up? Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And uh, I like the idea that it takes 30 seconds, because I think it always feels such a big, as you, as you said before, such a big task, like I have, I have given the customer the answer, it might be a, you know, page long communication, could be very technically in depth. And what now I have to go and write an article, it doesn't have to be yeah. that big a journey, does it? No, uh, and most of most of our platforms these days in help uh, help centres allow us to turn our uh, ticket response into a draft article. So if we can do that with a click of a button, um, take out, like genericise it, take out the customer-specific bits and pieces, then you've already got an article that's pretty close to publishing to self-service if you wanted to do that, mm-hmm. um, and that that would be the ultimate goal. But the next time that article comes up uh, when somebody goes, another team member goes searching, they can check it in the moment, is it still right? Is there any typos? Looks good to me to solve this problem. And then they've kind of validated that that's uh, a good enough article. Mm, mm, yeah, and good enough is is probably good enough, isn't it, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely with internal internal knowledge, good enough is definitely good enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, so if we're starting internally then, and idealistically we might – make these customer facing at some point if we're starting internally though when would when should we begin uh i think um beginning now with what you've got in your ecosystem already so if you've got um a platform that you're responding to customers with which you're likely to have if you're listening to this podcast um have a look at whether you have a, a knowledge base functionality that's attached to your platform already um, if you don't, then you might have to do a little bit of shopping around to see what you can integrate. Um, 
but you mm. more than likely will have something. And uh, if you do, that's that's when I would uh, that's what I would use to start um, building a culture around capturing the customer's words, um, not just so the customer can ultimately find it in self service, but so that we can find it. Because we can also search with the customer's words and any automation that's happening, any um, automation in the background where answers might be suggested, it's going to suggest answers based on the, the words that were in the ticket. So yeah. that's why we've got to preserve that context that the customer is using. Um, so capturing those customer words, um, centralising it in that knowledge base uh, that we have attached to our help desk and building a team um, sense of ownership of of its health of the, the mm. health of the knowledge article yeah at i really like yeah, yeah 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 start now and uh yeah i i really like i really like this idea of just consistently using the customer's words for all the reasons you just said as well and i think i'd possibly also layer one more on and i'm, I'm sure this has occurred mm. to you before but but one that occurs to me in the moment as I, as you're prompting lots of thoughts is um that also continuing the customer's words through every communication ensures that we don't switch out of that customer context like even mm. though we might be having into like internal discussions and not like knowledge transfers training sessions whatever within the team yeah. even if we're stepping away from the knowledge side actually just persisting that the customer's way of talking about something means you don't ever lose that connection with the customer and, and also makes yeah. it like a really easy journey back once that agent or engineer has got the knowledge it makes it a really easy journey back for them to to talk to the customer again doesn't it exactly yeah that's right and you know we we get stuck as technical folks um using our own internal sort of uh ways of describing things and and but we're building an environment that uh our customers are experiencing um so we need to understand how they are experiencing our product and their perspective so unless unless we sort of shift the way that we um understand our the way our product is out there it's really hard to be able to meet the customer's needs like there may be pervasive issues out there that we don't know about because we're not listening for those words that's it for today go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 211 for the show notes and i'll see you next time